We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you this evening until 10 o'clock. Hey, I hope you're having a great evening. I am, and thanks for joining us and joining me this evening because it is a, that's what I love about radio. I'm talking to you. You call up, you talk to me. Uh, I've been getting some texts this evening. So it's a very interactive process, which is what I like. In, I, for years here on Camo X, I've used that have a point clip. And <clears throat> that is Steve Martin. That's from... Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Great movie. He's saying that to John Candy. Uh, and so, but I wanted to mention, because I just saw it today. You, I don't know if you saw this or not, but Steve Martin, who is one of my favorite actors, favorite comedians, the guy's hilarious. I mean, he just makes me laugh by the way he looks. I mean, not that he looks funny, but he has expressions that I'm just, I'm ready to laugh when he turns his head or wrinkles his face or moves his shoulders. He's just a very good physical comedian. His timing is perfect, not to mention he's a fantastic musician. He announced today that when his current show is over, it's called Only Murders in the Building. Uh, it's on Hulu. I signed up for Hulu just to get that show. I don't. I can't think of any other thing I've watched on Hulu, but I, I literally pay for the streaming service just for that one show. Uh, but I get the cheap one with the commercials because I'm not going to pay that much. But uh, but that is a phenomenal show. It's in its second season. It's probably going to go in third season because it's literally it's the it's the best thing on Hulu. It's get the it's got the best ratings on Hulu. So uh, it's the most watched program on Hulu. So he announced today that once that show is over, he's going to retire, which is very sad. With the we are going to be less. Because of that. And I even went to see him and his Martin Short uh, show. They came to the Fox Theater. Oh, when was that? 2017, 2018, maybe. Uh, whenever they were traveling about and uh, and doing a comedy show. And it was hilarious, of course, Martin Short. And if you ever want to listen to something that's that's just hilarious, Martin Short has, he wrote a book several years ago. Uh, and he has an audio book and he reads the audio book and I didn't read the actual book. I just listened to the audio book, but I know that at least a third of everything in that book was ad libbed. You could just tell by the way he was doing it. And it was so funny to hear him 
recounting stories about when he was doing SCTV and breaking into comedy, getting involved with uh, Saturday Night Live, knowing everybody, and he drops a lot of names. Uh, it's a great audio book with, with Martin Short. But Steve Martin, yes, he is retiring, and uh, and that will be sad when he does that. In the last hour, right at the end of the show, I was talking about woolly mammoths, and they're not here yet, but... On that same kind of story, uh, do you like cats? I don't know if you like cats or not. I'm not a big not a big fan of cats, but I saw this story uh, today, and I wanted to mention it to you because the Polish Institute of Nature Conservation has added cats to their database of, and I'm quoting, invasive alien species. <laughs> So I've read before that 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 animal psychologists have speculated that every time a cat is looking at you, it's plotting how to kill you, and uh, and I don't really doubt that. I don't really doubt that. But now we have the actual country of Poland that has said cats are an alien invasive species, and there's actually science behind this. Uh, I had a lot of my liberal friends during. Uh, during uh, uh, during uh, COVID, a lot of my liberal friends would say, follow the science. And then when I would point out the science, they would say, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't be following the science. Uh, so in here, the science is actually true that domestic cats were domesticated probably about 10,000 years ago. And we all know they came out of Egypt. If you've ever seen a corny, uh, uh, not a zombie movie, but a corny movie uh, in Egypt like The Mummy. Okay? Have you ever seen any of The Mummy movies? There's always a cat in there, right? Because cats came out of Egypt. So the curator, the person who's in charge of the Polish Institute of Nature Conservation, pointed out that from a purely scientific perspective, cats were never domesticated in Europe initially. So therefore, in Europe or also in Poland, they should be considered an alien invasive species. And they talk about how cats have a negative effect on wildlife like birds. And uh, uh, I think they have a negative impact on people if they're, come on, if they're trying to hunt you in your own house, that's a negative feedback on you. And and that's why I love dogs. You know, you walk in, they love you. They don't care anything about you. It's unconditional love. But uh, with those cats, now I know whenever I talk about cats, I inevitably get people saying, oh, well, I've got a cat that's like a dog, and I've got a cat that just loves you like a dog. Here's an idea. Get a dog. You don't have to find a cat that's like a dog. Go get a dog, and then you don't have to worry about it. So, uh, <laughs> But now they are officially an invasive species, so keep that in mind. I did get a text this evening that says, uh, you are your X broadcast are the only time that we get any feedback on our submissions. That's right, because when folks text in, I text back. That's what I do, uh, because that's the two-way nature of this medium that I love so much. Uh, that's why I do this. I'm here. I've got a full-time job as a, in my law firm here in town. Um, it's not like I'm doing this to, to pick up beer money. I'm doing this because it's fun, and I'm doing this because interacting with you, the smartest audience in radio, to me is exciting and interesting, and it's always new. So thank you for your texts. And if you've got any other texts you'd like to send, 314-436-7900. When we come back from this break, I'm going to dive in a little bit deeper into the raid on Mar-a-Lago. 
to talk about the legalities of what happened and what didn't happen and where this probably will go uh, once we get uh, more information about what was uh, confiscated from Mar-a-Lago. Brad Young at your service on Camel X. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to At Your Service. Hey, I've got about five or six texts in here just the last few minutes. So thank you very much. I appreciate the uh, the feedback and the compliments. Always like that. And uh, if you'd like to text into the show, feel free, 314-436-7900. I want to dive into this analysis of the raid on Mar-a-Lago because there's an element of this uh, raid, of this uh, of the search warrant that was that was uh, served upon Trump at Mar-a-Lago. <clears throat> and, and there's an element of this story that's just not being discussed. And I want to break this down because uh, whenever, like for example, after the January 6th, I told you on this show before any of this ever happened, not the January 6th, but before any of the lawsuits were filed against other uh, representatives who were running for office, I pointed out that the goal of the January 6th investigation was to keep people in general and Trump in particular from running for office. Because under, uh, under there's, a, there's a clause in the 14th Amendment that talks about if you commit insurrection against the United States, then you're ineligible, ineligible to hold any office. And I told you that ultimately that was the goal, was to try to prove that that Trump and the folks who stormed the Capitol, the rioters on January 6th, that they were committing an insurrection against the United States, and therefore they were ineligible to, to hold office. And there were lawsuits filed against, I know one was filed against Marjorie Taylor Greene, and there were several others that were filed. It, don't, it doesn't immediately come to mind. But it was all the same litigation strategy, that since they participated in January 6th uh, riots, they were ineligible to run for office. Now, you've heard me say again on this show that everyone who violated and walked into the Capitol building should be prosecuted. Now, I know there's a lot of defenses that the police were holding the doors open, that they didn't know that this was going to be breaking the law. They were just innocent bystanders looking at what was going on. All of them should be prosecuted. And I have no problem with prosecuting them for uh, misdemeanor trespass charges. What I do reject is the idea that they were trying to overthrow the United States government. And 
to me, that is not an insurrection. You can't overthrow the country when the only weapon that you have is a bearded dude in a Viking helmet. Okay, That's not how you overthrow the United States government. So it's not insurrection. And all of those lawsuits that were filed against various uh, Congress people, all of them were dismissed. Without exception, everyone. Because that insurrection clause of the 14th Amendment was later done away with by Congress. I won't bore you with the details, but it's invalid. But that did not stop people from pushing that issue. Well, we now have a new issue that's very similar, and that is this. If you want to do your legal research, but you really don't have to because I'm doing it for you for free. That's the beauty of this show. Under 18 U.S.C. 2071, under that statutory section, it talks about the National Archives and Records Administration. That's that's what's in that section. And in that statutory section, it discusses uh, and, and actually makes it against the law to take out documents that own that are owned by the United States government. Now, a few years ago, uh, in the uh, I believe it was in the Obama administration, someone who worked in the National Security Agency or no worked for Hillary Clinton in the State Department uh, actually tried to smuggle out some documents in his underwear and he stuck some in his socks. I mean, come on, you really want to handle those documents after they've been in some old dude's underpants? No, I don't want to touch those documents. No, thank you. You can take a picture and text it to me. I don't want to hold them. So uh, under and he was prosecuted. He was prosecuted as a misdemeanor. It was he pled guilty to, you know, a muffler violation and it went away. So but under 18 U.S.C. 2071, it says this, that anyone who's convicted of that, that willfully and and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates or destroys any record or map or paper or document or other things filed or deposited. Here is one of the effects of that violation. Because in section subsection B, it states, that person shall forfeit his office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. Let me read that again. Disqualified from holding any office under the United States. So just like with the January 6th situation, I believe that this, the administration, is so focused on keeping Trump out of running for office again that they're going to go to any lengths to try to prevent that from happening. And and they tried the January 6th commission. that didn't change any minds. All polling data shows that it didn't change any minds at all. So now they're trying the legal maneuver to try to keep them out. Whether it's the 14th Amendment, that's going to fail, or now under 18 U.S.C. 2071. Here's the reason why this is not going to work. It's not difficult to understand. You don't have to have a law degree to grasp this because under our Constitution, it specifically states under Article One of the Constitution the qualifications to be president. And we know, because anyone who's ever heard of the Supreme Court knows, that a state law cannot contradict the Constitution. The Constitution is the final arbiter of what's legal and what is not legal. So when statutes violate that constitutional uh, constitutional provisions, those laws are invalid. So when 
uh, when President Biden tried to make a vaccine mandate, it was struck down by the Supreme Court as being unconstitutional. So what 18 U.S.C. 2007 or 2071, the reason why that will not work against President Trump, I'm not arguing for President Trump. I never voted for President Trump. My my, my point is I'm trying to give you non-biased legal analysis is that if you hold the position that if he smuggled a couple of maps of Sudan out of the White House and stuck them in a box and hit them in a bank vault at Mar-a-Lago, did he violate 18 U.S.C. 2071? Probably so. But if you hold the belief that states that because he did that, and of course I'm assuming that is a hypothetical, but if you believe that that would violate that provision and you believe that that then prevents him from holding office as the president of the United States, then your position is is that a federal law can override the Constitution. And, folks, there is no greater bedrock of legal constitutional authority than state laws cannot violate the Constitution. It even says it in the Constitution. So all of these legal theories that say, well, we can keep Trump from running for office if if we can convict him of this— Those are simply patently false, not because I support Trump, because I don't necessarily support Trump, but because that's the law. So it wouldn't have kept Hillary Clinton if she had smuggled documents out. We all heard about her darn emails. But if she would have smuggled documents out, it wouldn't have prevented her from running for president either. Because a state law cannot override the Constitution. It's just that simple. So then the question becomes, how did this raid take place. And we know from the news that that the FBI had been working with Trump and his attorneys uh, to do inspections back in June, to come and view documents, to take out documents that may that should may shouldn't have been there. Maybe they shouldn't have been there. I don't know. I don't know whether they did or didn't, or whether he did or didn't take any documents with him. But the point being is is that this is resolved by a subpoena. I issue subpoenas every single day at my job because I'm ordering and compelling someone to produce documents. That's what subpoenas are for. And in this instance, that's what a subpoena is for. Whenever Sandy Berger, who worked for Obama, took documents out, nobody went and arrested him and had a big show of taking, taking his underpants out of his, out of his uh, uh, chest of drawers to see if there was ink residue from the Magna Carta or something he smuggled out. There was none of that. They just said, give us the documents. He did. And then they prosecuted him, and then he, he plea bargained out. So, uh, folks, I just want you to know, this is a political show, but it doesn't detract from the fact that there may actually be a violation here. I don't know whether there is or isn't, but if there is, he should be prosecuted just like other people in the past have been prosecuted. No more, no less. That's why justice is blind. It shouldn't matter who you are. And if he violated the law... He should be prosecuted in a way that other folks before him have been prosecuted. But what should not happen is this delirious idea, and this was advanced as of even today by an attorney for Hillary Clinton, Mark Mark Elias. He advanced this idea that if Trump is convicted under 18 U.S.C. 2071, he's prohibited from running for office. Folks, that's just false. So don't buy into that spin on either side. But look at the facts, look at the law, and make your own decision. 
Speaking of looking at the law, when we come back from this break, I'm going to take a look at the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, and not from the perspective of, you know, it spends a lot of money on solar. Okay, that's a different issue. I'm going to look at the IRS angle of the Inflation Reduction Act, because whether you believe it or not, this will impact you. I promise you. Stick around. We'll be right back. Does anybody like the IRS? I I don't think so. Uh, And and I love just about everybody. Uh, But and I don't hold it against them. I'm not against IRS agents themselves. In fact, there's a uh, there's a there's a guy that I know. He's not really a friend of mine, but he's a guy that I know. He's an attorney, and he works for the IRS. And I've asked him before. I said, "Does that keep you up at night? You know, <laughs> working for the IRS?" He said, "Nah, it's just a job. I go to work, I do it, I go home, and I raise my family." Okay, fair enough. But so don't don't hold it against them particularly. But this Inflation Reduction Act. To me, and I always love the names of bills out of Washington because 95% of the time, they have nothing whatsoever to do with the title of the bill. And this one is one of those. There's nothing in this bill that's going to reduce inflation. Zero. Nothing. And so that's a misnomer. But besides that, here's the part of the bill that gives me the most amount of heartburn. And that is that under this bill... The IRS is going to receive an additional $80 billion in funding, $80 billion with a B, billion funding. And the goal under this act is to hire an additional 87,000 IRS agents. Now, not 87,000 people like, well, we need some more janitors to make sure the place is clean or some more, oh, how about this? How about coders to make sure that the IRS website doesn't crash I mean, right now, the IRS website crashes more often than Anne Heche. So it, it, they, they, they could hire more coders. It, if you don't understand that joke, uh, ask a teenager. But not even a teenager. Somebody who's 30. But in, in this point, though, is with an additional 87,000, they currently have 78,000, 79,000 full-time IRS agents right now. 79,000. But if you add... That together with that with the eighty seven thousand, that's going to put the total of one hundred and sixty six thousand IRS agents that are going to be working out there to make you pay more money. Now I put this into perspective because I, I looked this up today. The Pentagon, the Pentagon is the largest office building on the planet, the largest office building. The Pentagon houses twenty seven thousand employees. That pales in comparison to what the IRS agents of 166,000. So I looked up the State Department. The State Department has 77,000 employees. That's going to be less than half of the new IRS when this bill goes into law, and it will. I looked up the FBI. You hear a lot about the FBI today. I like the FBI. Now, I think that the FBI, the problems with the FBI comes from the fact that they're run by politicians and they're directed to do political activities. But the FBI itself, one of the greatest crime-fighting organizations on the planet, and I support them. There's only 35,000 FBI agents. 
35,000, but we're going to have 166,000 IRS agents. And so if you add it together, how about customs and border? We talk about protecting the border. Uh, the uh, uh, Homeland Security Director Mayorkas said uh, three weeks ago that the border is secure, and people laughed because it's not. Uh, it's, it's Swiss cheese down there. There's only a total of 20,000 Border Patrol agents. Compared to, we're going to have 166,000 IRS agents. So there's a there's a couple of different tax organizations out there, uh, a lot of them who analyze this information. One of them is supported by the Heritage Foundation. I love the Heritage Foundation. So this is called the Joint Committee on Taxation. And they analyzed how much or what the what is the income distribution is the best way to put it. The, the income distribution of folks who get audited. Because if you're going to be adding, if you're going to double the number of IRS agents, they're going to double the number of audits that they're currently doing. That's what they're going to do. And there's an actual strategic reason for that. Because you don't audit many times the uber wealthy people because they hire lawyers and, and accountants to make sure that they do it right and that they win if there is a problem. No, you, you, the IRS audits people who can't afford to hire expensive attorneys and, and accountants because they're the, they're the low-lying fruit, the most likely just to cough up money and say, here, I'll just pay you some money, go away. And that's what they're, they're, they're basically doing is coming after people just like you, knowing that you're probably just going to pay them to go away. But if this bill, if this Inflation Reduction Act becomes law, and again, I'm 92.7% sure that it will, then here is the estimate from the Joint Committee on Taxation in terms of how many IRS audits would be performed and at what income level. There will be 313,000 new audits for Americans making less than $25,000 a year. Less than $25,000 a year. And that's just an extrapolation based on what they're doing right now. That's how these numbers come up. So if you're earning less than twenty five grand a year, those folks in that category are going to face 313,000 new audits. And I know numbers are sometimes hard to grasp on radio because you're not like looking at it or writing it down. But for folks who are making between $25,000 and $50,000 a year, in that wage bracket, there'll be 147,000 new audits. New audits. I'm not talking about existing ones. I'm talking about new ones over what we're currently doing, the IRS is currently doing for folks in that wage bracket. For folks who earn between fifty dollars and $75,000 a year, there'll be 122,000 new audits. And for folks earning between $75,000 and $100,000 a year, at that point, there'll be 76,000 new audits. Now, I don't know if you caught this progression. Again, with radio, it's sometimes hard. But the progression of numbers, where will the most audits occur once the IRS hires these additional 87,000 new IRS agents? The vast majority of the audits are going to be on people making twenty-five grand a year or less. But you don't hear that from the White House. They say, oh, no. 
if you're making f- less than 400 grand a year, you're not going to be impacted by this. Folks, that's just wrong. I'm not going to say it's a lie. I'm just telling you that it's wrong. Because right now they're already conducting. That's already the, the wage bracket that has the most audits. Because that's the wage bracket that has the least ability to fight those audits. So 313000 if you make less than twenty five grand a year. And from there, it gets lower. So for folks who are making 75000 to to hundred grand a year, they're only going to be 76,000 new audits. Now, I say only 76,000. That's still a lot of new audits. But the, there are fewer new audits at that wage bracket because folks who are making that kind of money can hire a tax lawyer. So whenever you hear that, oh, we're only going to tax the rich, Folks, there aren't enough rich people to tax. That's the reality. That's just the reality. Because numerically, there are so few people who fall into that bracket that you can't tax them enough. That's one of the reasons why when you hear politicians say, we're only going to tax the rich, folks, that never happens. Because you just can't generate enough revenue from taxing the rich, even if you took all their money, which would be socialism. So, and there's a whole lot more stats. I'm not going to go into those tonight because stats can sometimes make your eyes roll back in your head like a, like a teenager. But just remember that when you're hearing these promises from our officials that they're not just going to limit it to people making four hundred grand a year or more. The other thing that's fascinating about this is the IRS has already put out, this is not a joke, I mean, you know, when I was talking earlier about what was found in Trump's uh, safe, of course, that was a joke. This is not a joke. I have right in front of me a, uh, a, a photograph of the IRS ad talking about the major duties in being an IRS agent. Because they're hiring. They're always hiring. And, and that's another thing. I don't know how they're going to hire. I don't know how they're going to hire uh, 87,000 more when they can't fill their slots now. Now, one person texted in and said, Brad, one news report said the hires will take place over several years. Yes, that's true. They're not going to just go out by the end of the year and hire 87,000. But once those additional 87,000 IRS agents are in place, then the numbers that I've talked about with you this evening, that's when those kind of numbers will kick in. So, uh, but here's the here, here's the IRS saying these are the major duties if you're going to be an IRS agent. Work a minimum of 50 hours per week, a minimum of 50 hours per week. That's to audit you. And be on call 24-7, including holidays and weekends. Now, here's the interesting part, and I am not making this up. This is in the ad to hire IRS agents. You have to be ready to carry a firearm, and be willing to use deadly force if necessary. Be willing and able to participate in arrests, execution of search warrants, and other dangerous assignments. Do you really want 166,000 IRS agents packing heat when they call you to come in? I, I Listen, I'm a big supporter of the Second Amendment, but I don't know if I want my IRS agent handing a 44 Magnum and doing uh, Clint Eastwood impressions. I don't think that I want that. From, I want a I want a mousy, weaselly accountant in a smoke-filled room with Coke bottle glasses who's got a big shoebox and he's pulling receipts out of it. That's what I want. I don't want an IRS agent 
looking like Dirty Harry. That's not what I have in my mind. But that's what we'll have. And, yes, uh, that will take place over several years. And another person has already texted in and said that since all these new agents will be at the government taxpayer expense, that in of itself is going to increase inflation. That's right. Anytime you increase government spending, it has an inflationary impact. And that inflationary impact is up. And so when you see this being billed as, when you see it being billed as an Inflation Reduction Act, that's like saying this. That's like saying, uh, you know, when there was that huge explosion yesterday over in Madison, Illinois, and the place was on fire. Increasing government spending to fight inflation is the same as if those firefighters were given gasoline and they were told, use this gasoline to put out the fire. Well, that, that, that's a perfect metaphor for increasing government spending to reduce inflation. It doesn't decrease it, folks. It just increases it. I've got a lot more text here i got to read through, so I guess we're going to have to take a break. The other reason we have to take a break is Matt Pajeski costs a lot of money. We have to pay him a lot to be here. So we got to go to a break here to pay his confiscatorily high salary because we know he's going to get audited based on these numbers. Brad Young sitting in tonight on At Your Service. We'll be right back. Well, we're rolling into the last segment here. Thanks for staying up late with us. I had so many texts this last uh, segment. That's all I did. My, I'm going to get carpal tunnel typing all the responses. But uh, I do enjoy responding. So thanks so much for being a part, literally a part of the show. We appreciate it. Uh, every Usually this happens around Christmas. And it happened particularly during the Obama administration. Whenever conservatives, Christian conservatives in particular would come out and say that there's a there's a war on Christmas or there's a war on Christianity. And then then the left would come out and say, no, that's not true. That's just false. And there would be this debate about it. I know it's not Christmas, but I've got a story here I want to get to. But my own personal experience with that is in the, in the Parkway School District. Uh, my kids went to public schools just like your kids did. And uh, one of my daughters was at school. And it was a substitute teacher. And my daughter, they said, free time. You can draw whatever you want. You can draw a picture. It's just free time. Draw some pictures. So my daughter drew a picture of a Christmas tree. And the substitute teacher came up to her, took it away, crumpled it up, and said, you can't draw this here. This is illegal to draw a Christmas tree at school. You can't do this. And threw it away. And, of course, when she told me, I was ready to file a class action lawsuit, right? Of course I'm ready. Come on. I'm going to fight this. My wife talked me out of it. And she was probably, uh, she's a lot wiser than I am, I assure you. But I mention this because that's a concrete example. That's not, the on the left, they can't take that away from me. They can't say that didn't happen. It really happened. It happened to my family. And that may be an isolated an isolated event, but I don't think that it really is. And I bring that up here in the last segment tonight because a school in Fargo, North Dakota, the Fargo Public School Board voted on Tuesday this week to stop reciting the Pledge of Allegiance at school board meetings. No more school board meetings starting with the Pledge of Allegiance. 
can't have it? Is it because people are kneeling during the Pledge of Allegiance? Nope, that's not it. People are protesting? Well, maybe, but that's not the point. The point is, and the school board cited diversity concerns because the Pledge of Allegiance says one nation under God. And so they voted to do away with the Pledge of Allegiance because it says the word God. Now, I could quote you Supreme Court cases until you fall asleep talking about how ceremonial expressions of saying God in our, whether it's on our coinage, on the dollar bill, on our buildings in Washington. If you go to Washington, D.C., you can't swing a dead cat without hitting five buildings that have the word God on it. So again, with a dead cat. I've done that twice tonight. But uh, but it's not an establishment of a religion. It's ceremonial. And the Supreme Court has said that over and over and over again. But when you look at what the school board in Fargo, North Dakota said, and I'm quoting, given the word that God is in the text of the Pledge of Allegiance is capitalized, the text is clearly referring to the Judeo-Christian God, and therefore it does not include any other faiths such as Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, all of which are practiced throughout the country and among our staff and students at Fargo Public Schools, unquote. So this is what's funny to me. Because it's capitalized, you can't say it. Well, if you're reciting the pledge, how do you know it's capitalized? You're saying the word God. Do you say it differently if it's capitalized or not capitalized? I don't think so. I think it's still the word God, regardless of how it's capitalized. They don't get that. So you can't. Now, so apparently for the Fargo folks, You could say the Pledge of Allegiance if it were a little G God, but because it's a big G, you can't say it, and we've got to cancel it. Well, that's preposterous. It's it's ridiculous. And I hope that there's some way to challenge this legally. Now, I haven't come up with a legal strategy, but I'm going to work on one because that is patently absurd. But when you get back down to it, it's not unlike my daughter's experience at school where you have something that has a religious connotation. And a Christmas tree isn't even religious. I mean, it says the word Christmas is a federal holiday in the federal statutes. So there's no way you're violating any law by acknowledging Christmas at school. Just like there's no way way you're establishing a religion or excluding others because the word God in the Pledge of Allegiance is capitalized. But when you look at this, This is something that the left capitalized on, pardon the pun, years ago, using litigation to advance an agenda. We've seen the conservatives use that same tactic extremely successfully, particularly when it comes to Roe versus Wade, this very year at the Supreme Court, and I expect that that will continue. Hey, we've got the best of Dave Glover coming up at 10 o'clock, so you're going to want to stick around here on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Brad Young, I will talk to you next week. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.